Trainers may be better at making it look like dogs are enjoying themselves in the competition ring, but are they really considering the welfare of the dog? In this episode of the Learning About Dogs podcast, Kay Lawrence and Sue McGuire discuss training to a standard need not be at the cost to the dog. There is a disconnect, and it's not the first time I've seen this, probably when I got started, and probably when you got started. I don't know. It's people who seem to think that the only way you're a good trainer or an expert trainer is because of the titles after your dog. And there is such a disconnect between that and what we do. And it seems yeah, like we're yeah. anti-competitive, but that's not what we're saying. And what I, I think probably though, if you go to a competition and I started doing competitions nearly 50 years ago, <laughs> you know, and I was that, oh, sweet young thing. You know, and I worked my dog, and I I got a second at the first competition I went to, and I was absolutely thrilled and absolutely hooked. But it was, in a way, everybody was level. You with me? You went in, and there were seventy six in the class. This is British dog obedience competitions, and uh, marks were taken off for crooked sits, wide about turns, dog fails the stage, yada 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 yada. The one that lost the least points gets a win, and you had to win. In UK obedience, you have to win to be able to move up to the next classes. Win's very precious. So we all train our dogs, and then somebody assesses or judges whether this one's lost more than that one. None of these rules were ever written by how much the dog enjoyed the process, whether the relationship was relevant or not, i.e. could a stranger go out and do this with a dog? Probably. Um, And whether this was going to be of any benefit to the dog. But this was 50 years ago. And that to me is still very much the culture in obedience. You know, people liked the flashy dogs or the easy dogs to train, the dogs that worked very hard to try and work out what you wanted. So you had to do the minimum amount of work to be able to go and win. Oh, I want one like that. Or, oh, you're so lucky. Your dogs never mess you around, do they, Kay? And at the time, I didn't understand what the difference was because I couldn't understand why their dogs would mess them around. Yet mess them around, they would mess them around was making errors that were outside their training sort of history. You know, in the sit stay, they would sort of lie down at a minute. Oh, okay. Mm, I see that. You know, they would go out to retrieve and then start sniffing the ground by the type side of the article. Yep. These sort of things that were. <laughs> one guy i mean i was used to sort of cringe to watch him and his border collie because he'd always trained german shepherds you know proper trainer and he'd set his dog up for distance control where your dog is left in a stand sit or down you walk to the other side of the ring and then you put them through six moves between stand sit and down on the judge's commands yep and as he'd left the dog would always drop his head and start sniffing the ground be holding the position but sniff 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 mm-hmm. sniff sniff and he would turn around give the dog the first cue no response no response at all and the dog was like just stood there panting ears up and just stood there panting and said suck it up Mm-mm, suck it up this is where i get payback okay so he'd fail that exercise walk all the way back put his dog and leave and leave the ring and it was like every week and we used to think what on earth is he doing to the dog that this this obvious disconnect this was the one that was an obvious disconnect and it wasn't that the dog didn't know what to do he could have got to this level without not knowing what to do but it was like yep there we go 
yeah. and the dog wasn't the slightest bit disturbed, just stood there watching him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not fearful, not bothered, just like, yeah. no, not today. Not today. So, you know, I mean, today's obedience is, is, is different from it was 50 years ago, but it's probably the same as it was 40 years ago in the sense that training with play was just starting to come in, so people were getting dogs a lot keener than they were 50 years ago because 50 years ago you just praised your dog and that's why they did it so now we have a whole raft of people that are more skilled at hyping the dog up because then it has more stamina and under those conditions the dog is psychologically aroused in anticipation of the game that's going to come at the end that they get more duration out of what they want they get a harder working dog but they're still not looking at is this at any cost to the dog? Yes, 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 yes. You know, it's like somebody working in a very high-stress dog for many, many hours. Well, they might be making lots of money. They might be doing this. They might be doing that. They might be very famous, you know, celebrities. Is this at cost to the person? And, you know, we're all into this mental health at the moment. To me, even when I was naive and 18 years old doing obedience, it was all about Bobby. You know, it wasn't about what I got. You know, it was about Bobby and, well, you know, he's resting in the car. Well, bring him in for this. No, he doesn't really like to be there for that. No, no. You know, they wanted you into the photographs and the lineups and all those sort of yeah, things. Yeah. And he really didn't like the photograph thing at all. So I didn't bring him in. Oh, well, you've got to do that. No, no, he doesn't like it. I don't have to, do I? No, no, no. Oh, gosh, you know. Oh, your dog's not as sensitive as you think they are. Or Kay's always making excuses for her dogs. And it's still now, you know, when I compete now, it's about the dog. You know, and I, I was known as being the person that, in obedience, would leave the ring without the judge's opinion. It's because I need to go out the ring and play with my dog. Because uh-huh. he was the one that done all the work. And you see so many people compete, put the dog in the lead, walk straight over the judge. How was that then? And it wasn't about somebody else's opinion. It was about, did he do well? Did he do well better than he did last time I did this competition? Was he able to cope with this? Was he able to cope with that? And I just... That's just been the way I've always seen it and the way I've always done it. So this is not new to me, but I do feel the gap is not closing. We're now seeing people that are smarter at making it look like the dogs are enjoying it. But in actual fact, they're frenetic and over aroused. And that does not equate to enjoyment. And that does not equate to being of benefit to the dog. Yeah, but if I had a nickel for every time. I heard somebody say, but they enjoy it. What's your evidence? Yeah. It's like somebody saying, oh, but he knows he's guilty because look at his face when I come home. Or he's wagging his tail, so he must like going on that collar. He's barking. He's running. He's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there again, if we don't see it in our own species, we're not likely to see it in in dogs. You know, those avoidance behaviors. I read something interesting the other day about... um, it was a criticism of people working under the illusion that they could train out a behavior. They could train it away through training. And I thought that's an interesting term. Train out. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do this for long enough training, you'll get rid of this behavior. Hmm. And like, wow, you know, longer the days where if a dog pulls on a lead, it's a behavior. So you've got to train it to make it not pull on a lead. You'll train out that behavior or, Mm-hmm. the dog barking at next door's children in the garden oh we'll train that out of the dog yeah. and you know it's like 
it doesn't matter why the dog's doing it or that the dog feels they need to do it. Yes, the, the, the total disregard that this has a reason. As far as the dog's concerned, it has a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and once you, dis once you dismiss the function of that behavior, why the dog's doing it, you're dismissing the dog. You're saying what, what you believe in as a dog, you know, what you do is of no value. It's irritating to me, so I'm going to make you stop doing it. And this is where it's so sad to see very, very good training methods being used at a cost to the dog. Oh, well, it's positive training. Yeah, for who? I, I <laughs> Makes you feel better that you use positive training, is it? It's positive for you because you're using treats and rewards, but you're stopping your dog behaving like a dog. Hmm. Oh, but he just can't do that. He can't jump all over people, you know. Well, then don't let him near people. Mm -hmm. Ask the people to step away. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. you know, it's just yeah. I don't. So want yes, we will say... continue to fight the fight that we are the advocate for the dog to be able to behave like a dog and not be seen as something something else. But from all extremes, you know, the people that have the fur babies dressed up in goodness knows what, those feet never touch the pavement, to the sports enthusiasts that are all about the sport and their ego and never about the dog. Mm -hmm. I don't want people Doesn't mean to they're think exclusive. that we're anti go compete with your dog. That's not what we're saying. No, no, no. But, but I you need to put the dog's needs before your ego. Right. I compete with my dog, but, but would I take my dog? So now I do heel work to music instead of obedience. You know, 25 years of obedience. Like, mm -hmm. So heel work to music because it's, it's, it's a bit more imaginative, more creative. You can let the dog do things that suit that dog. But if I thought the floor surface is unsuitable for the dog to do my routine, I don't go in. And that has happened. No, I won't enter that venue because the floor surface is not good enough. And probably if I did agility, it'd be the same. If I didn't think the ground was good enough, I would not risk my dog getting injured. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and, but you know, oh, well, top handlers won't, won't injure their dogs. Well, because it costs so much to actually try to recover, considering all the hours you put it in. But is that more for their benefit or for the dog's benefit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. don't know. But I think... Now we're sort of becoming more aware of people's mental health. I think we should certainly be taking into account a dog's mental health under all conditions, you know, and dog sports are rather like, um, no, I, I don't know. You're going to have to correct me on this. I watched a series on Netflix, which was about kids doing at a college and they got a scholarship because they do the things where it's, it's mixed boys and girls and these girls are flung in the air by the lads Oh, Sounds cheer or something like that. Yeah, cheer, like uh, cheer or something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, and I'm. It's it's not a thing I've ever seen over here, and I've not ever participated in it. And it followed this college through to a top level, you know, um, mm -hmm. the best in the country type of event. And I'm watching these kids, these young girls, probably what 16, 17, 18, 18 yeah. years old, being flung around and get injured and bruised and constant need for physiotherapy constant need for strapping and i'm going not only are they physically getting wrecked but mentally what's happening to them as well you know all in the name of a competition yeah and i just don't see how it's beneficial i often go back and forth on this whole we never had um as much physio fit pa 
you know, canine conditioning, oh, yeah, 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 all yeah, these specialties yeah, yeah. years ago. And, and one could look at it like, because we didn't have the knowledge or right? extreme behaviors or, or the extreme behaviors causing these rehabilitation yeah. needs. I, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. a chicken in the egg kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's certainly a sort of a side spur that's bloomed as a result of the dog sport. Yeah. And pe yeah, people will take your yeah. money for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that you know, they're doing it on all sorts of things. You know, with the clothing you can get for dogs. The, I mean, just look at the dog food industry. You know, the whole dog industry is a major money spinner. Almost, you know, you'd have to be poor in business not to make money out of it. <laughs> but you know, you're making money out of people's. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I struggle with the gap there. Let's just leave people's mm, for their dogs. <laughs> Yep, or the reason for having a dog, the function behind having a dog. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, you know, we often talk about this is not for me, or then you'll see a website or you'll visit and see a video and go, oh, that's just so for me, you know, because that's it's about the dog. It's not about yeah. the person. You can almost see the, the person's boots. You don't see anything else but the person's feet because it's about the dog, oh. you know, not about the person that's propping the dog up and look at my face as well you know it's, mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. a it's a different culture that i find harder and harder to understand and harder on the dogs than it, you know people say in the olden days it wasn't but yeah yeah not so bad not so and bad. it's not because we're a bunch of old farts it's that's not it <laughs> well no well, we then, are but we are mind. but yeah uh, and we're sitting on the porch, rocking away, going, oh, these young people. No, some of them are our contemporaries. Yes, they are. They're the same age as us. You know, yes, they're not they any are. younger. Yeah. And there are young people that are, you know, I used to teach college-age kids that were sort of 16 to 20, and I could tell you some of them would stand up and just not let that happen. You know, we went on visits to guide dog training, police dog training, and I'd have a group of about mm, 15 to 20 16 17 year olds and there everything was black and white everything was absolutely black and white and this guy was um demonstrating with his dog and he kept just putting it into the sit you know with a little bit of a tight collar and just popped his finger tips on the dog's bottom and sat it again and again and again and again and i'm standing at the back of this group going oh mate i could see them all their shoulders tightening up and they were fidgeting from side to side and then somebody popped and said excuse me sir why does that dog have to sit Oh, bless her. Bless her. <laughs> uh, well, because it has, you know, that's something we have to train the dog to do. Yes, but you're only talking to her. You know, she just absolutely just relentlessly went at him and he could not come out with any good reason for the dog to sit. Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, this is the next generation. All power to them. Yes. You know, all power to them for standing up and saying, this, this is not very good for the dog, is it? And I wonder how much we've become used to, this is what we've become to see as the norm we're going to build these high drive dogs because otherwise they can't do it any other way and believe, well, that's the way it got to be. You know, that's the way, that's what they say. There's no evidence behind this at all. And if I know enough sports that if you've got a high drive dog, you're in major trouble. If you don't teach it extremely carefully for whatever a high drive dog is, it's a dog that's easy to arouse, you know, a, 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 my sheep dogs, which are my sort of, you know, um, the dogs I know the best of, a high drive dog that they would describe is, um, <laughs> uh, and I remember coming off the trials field and the, the judge went, he's a bit hot, love, isn't he? 
and he didn't mean temperature wise he was just over keen if you said go left and he says stop 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 okay go right okay I'll go right, right, right and he went so fast in every single direction that the sheep just were going around in circles not knowing which was which was which was up which down so you know these types of dogs although everyone goes oh you're so lucky to have that type of dog they're not the level-headed dogs that get the job done they're not the ones that just take time you know which is a classic term in sheepdog trials steady on don't rush the sheep take time yeah uh, take time yes, those yes. are the those are the gold dogs not the ones that rush and dash and shove off and panting a lot and all the time you know and often because they've been hyped up by the people that was not their normal normal mode benefit the dog yeah, all we should do is our first question, how is this going to benefit the dog? And, you know, we have that throwaway. Well, he'll find me a lot happier if he stops doing that behavior. That's how it's going to benefit him. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So if he starts pulling on a lead, he's going to benefit because he's going to go out for more walks. <laughs> it's just like, okay. I don't yeah. know where to start okay. with that one, so okay. <laughs> well, they'll always find some reason to excuse why they're having to train it. Don't forget, links to courses and other offerings are in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>